Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 Good evening. Welcome to hello. Welcome to the Rough Trade 40th anniversary of the second annual report of Throbbing Gristle. Mr. Christopher Carter is now going to uh, do what Chris does. Enjoy. I had some notes written so you can know what I'm roughly going to do. I have this modular system here, and uh, in the centre of it, I have these new modules that we've developed with TipTop Audio. And they're sample players, and they play back samples, and you can manipulate the samples in real time. Uh, the new TG version that they've done for us as uh, a 40th anniversary edition uh, comes with two cards, and each card has 128 TG samples on. And I've got those set up here, but one of the features of the new module is that we've put random options in. So whenever I play this set, I've played it four times now, it never sounds the same twice. So I don't quite know what it's going to sound like. Um, hopefully it should, should be okay. Just bear with me. Thank you. 
Thank you. conversation with Chris, Cozy and uh, Daniel Miller. They're going to chat about um, 40 years of TG and um, show us something a little about uh, modules. Well, Chris, that was great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very really, much. Um, a lot of very recognisable sounds in there, yeah, of, course. of course. Did you pick all the sounds for the, for the module? Yeah, it took quite a long time. I, I went way back through our archive um, to cassettes, to all sorts of medium, and uh, spent weeks chopping things up and getting samples. Because, uh, I mean, you, you can hear that it's TG, but there's Absolutely, nothing... Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but uh, I, I had to be careful that I didn't want to... Um, I didn't want to lift up stuff just vanilla. Yeah. Um, you know, some stuff's been stretched and squeezed and reversed and manipulated, but it's still the essence of TG, and I think you can hear that in the in the samples. Oh, totally fine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a labour of love. It well, took, I'm because sure I, it was, yeah. Tip Top came up with this idea. It was their idea to do this um, come on, uh, 40th anniversary module. And uh, they said, uh, initially it was just to do a card of sounds, TG sounds. So I did these sounds and they liked them so much, they said, would you do another, <laughs> another 128, which... Great. Uh, 256 samples, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one card has got fairly short percussive TG sounds and the other card has got longer loops and uh, drones, but they're all primarily TG based. And then they said, Tip Top came back and said, well, how about if we do um, a module that's got new livery, TG livery, and uh, do you have any ideas for how you'd like to change it? So I, I suggested that we do some random options, typically TG. Mm -hmm. So this module differs from the existing, because there is already a module called One, which is a sample playback module. And this TG One differs in that you can program it to just um, select samples randomly. So you don't, which is what I was doing there. Mm. But when I was triggering them from the sequence, I didn't always know which sample I was going to get, which makes for some unique sort of performances because it's never going to be the same twice. But it works musically, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. And you've got quite a lot of manipulation. You can tune, mm. you can, you know, twist sure. the sound. Uh, but, yeah, it's a really... It's only this big, but it's really versatile. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I was thinking of um, the first time I saw you play... Actually, kind of... Where was that? The London Filmmakers Co-op. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Legendarious. Yeah. <laughs> where uh, that was in uh, July 78, I think. Yeah. And... Uh, Chairs were flying. It was Fle Fred uh, Vermorel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who uh, was a writer, I don't know. Fred and Judy, wasn't Fred, Fred and Judy, Judy yeah. Vermorel, they were there. Yeah. And he stormed the stage with a chair, didn't he? He did, yeah. Threw he a chair onto the, the stage. Whole Chain of events. And then there was an altercation between Jen and... Was it the raincoats? Slit. Or the slits? I think it was a mix of the two, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 It was... Um... So Jen swung his bass guitar at one of the members of this other band. Mm. Broke her arm. Broke her arm. 
Uh, and then somebody threw a bottle across the room and yeah. it just pandemonium. It started out with Fred Vermeer, I think, on the chair. Yeah. I remember, because there was like a, I don't know if, I remember, kind of remember the filmmaker's cup, but there was kind of a balcony or there was a sort of a, yeah. and I remember seeing him running, I thought, who's this guy running down the, running, running towards the stage with a chair? Because I didn't know who he was or anything. No. Did he ever tell anybody why he did he that? He wanted to make it an event. It was a situation. Yeah. Situation. He did it on yeah. purpose, yeah. 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 Well, it certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly made, yeah. certainly made it an event. Yeah. But that's where I've... That's the time, first time I saw you and I came down All to, right. you know, a bit nerdy. You know, i just released my single as well and... Uh, Warm Leatherette. Yeah, and, yeah. I said, and I was chatting to Sleazy. Yeah. Just having a nice little chat and stuff. And then a Scottish fellow came up as well. And um, that was Robert Rental. Oh right! Who yeah, just put? Yeah, Who's just about a single out as well? Yeah, yeah. And that's where I first met Robert Rental, and we then later on we yeah, yeah. formed a short-term sort of short-lived musical partnership, and then ended up on the same stage as you at the yes. at the Cryptic One Club in yeah, British right. Road. That was another um, yeah. eventful night as well. Yeah, wasn't it was. Yeah. So <laughs> the common factor here. Had we signed Robert then, or uh, no? I think that was no. a lot later. Yeah, yeah. Like, he just put his first single out, and uh, yeah, I remember remember it well. Yeah, yeah. He was great, Robert. It's funny how you can remember things from a long time ago. It is, isn't it? Really <laughs> that happened yesterday. Is it an ageing thing? I think it's an yeah. ageing thing, yeah. Never yeah. yeah. yeah, mind. And I remember the first time I saw the second annual report in a record shop was in Virgin in New Oxford Street. Oh, I used to go there a lot, yeah. That's funny, and coincidentally, that's where Robert's wife worked and Thomas Lear's yeah. wife yeah. worked. They both worked yeah. behind the yeah. counter. I remember that. Yeah. And I remember... There was a citation, there was a sticker on it with a quote from Peter Gabriel. What, what was that quote? But it was a very, I can't remember what it was, but it was a very incredibly positive quote. And I thought, and if, if you think about the t in the context of the time, you know, Peter Gabriel was the arch kind of prog rock antithesis of whatever was going on at the time. Yeah, yeah. And so I wasn't sure it was a piss take or not. <laughs> but then knowing, then later on, knowing Sleazy's connection with yeah, yeah. With, with it, so it, it made sense. But right, was, yeah, yeah. yeah, he probably gave him a copy of the album, I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, he, and he did this amazing quote, you know. I never I saw I could... that. So did they put it on then? I think Virgin must did. have put it yeah. on. Yeah. Is it a quote about TG? Yeah, it was about the record, saying this is the most rec amazing record ever recorded or something. Oh, I so yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, wow. It, Peter Gabriel was really nice when Sleazy died. He, he did some really nice quotes really? then as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 he worked on The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Yeah, he, yeah. Did, he did quite a few. He, he was the f Sleazy was the first one to use the Polaroids where they manipulated the uh, oh, Polaroids. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so you, tell, tell us a bit more about what was... Oh, sorry, were you going to say something? No, I was just going to say that you came, you came through to us quite late on then, 78, to a live gig. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was quite late. But we'd met before then, yeah, hadn't we? Yeah, we had. Because I remember coming to your house. Do you? Yeah, I met your mum. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yes. Well, before that? Yeah. yeah. You were up near Stroud Green, was it? Golders Green. Golders Green, yeah. 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 yeah, I remember you invited me round and showed me your gear and... Because I had a friend that lived across the road from you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, weird. And that was very early on. Yeah. Because you were working on the single when we came yeah. round. Oh, wow. Yeah. We came round. I didn't go round, no, did maybe I? Maybe it was me and Jen. Yeah. 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 God, the yeah. I know, yeah, because that, that's what I say. 78 was late, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, we, you, we met before then. Mm. Yeah, because... Well, you started playing live in 76, didn't you? Was it 76? Yeah. 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 The well, air, air Gallery was the first one, was it? Air Gallery, then, yeah. MCA. Mm. 
Yeah. And then on the road after that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the Cryptic One Club gig was... Uh, another legendary. Another legendary <laughs> gig. Yeah, that was... Yeah. Uh, I think we had bouncers, didn't we, on the door that were looking after someone... Like not like the Supremes, but someone like that. Yeah. And we'd heard that. Oh, um, it's Terry the Pill, wasn't it? Terry the it's Pill. Terry the Pill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we used to put the fly post things around, but he also yeah. knew that the bouncers were looking after some like pop star. Yeah. And we said, "Oh, that'd be really nice to have I them do." Tina Turner or someone like. Yeah. That. Yeah. Oh, let, let's have their bouncers on the yeah. door for Cryptic One. Yeah. <laughs> and they they were really heavy. Yeah, it was a very, very strange atmosphere. There. Yeah. Well, there's a strange atmosphere anyway. It's down in the crypt yeah. of the church and yeah. it's just quite spooky, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And they thought there was like it was it was promoted by Colin and Kevin, yes. who ran a company called Final Solution. Yeah. yeah. And they wanted to put all the new electronic bands on a bill. I think that was the concept. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and they asked me and Robert to do something separately, and neither of us wanted to. So after the, your gig that I met Robert, we sort of sort of started, we were kind right. of in touch. So I thought, okay. why don't we do it together? I'll yeah, yeah. do that then. But I remember there's a lot of the kind of personality, you know, the sort of celebrity, punk celebrities down there at the time. It was full of them, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah. I think Susie was there. Yeah. Don probably. Yeah, it was a yeah. nutty night. Yeah, really nutty night. night. <laughs> <laughs> so the modulus thing, Chris, you've been yes. working with modulus for a long time, haven't you? As long as you, probably, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Go way back, 77, I think I got oh, my first yeah. modules, yeah. Um, and then I had this weird thing in 1999, it was I sold everything. I just mm -hmm. had this sort of midlife crisis, <laughs> just got rid of everything. All my old analogue gear, my modular. Yeah. And then within a year, within a year of doing that, I was building it all back up again. I could of course, yeah. Just the call of it, you know, come back to us. But it is a bit addictive. A whole. bit, yeah. Especially since the kind of arrival of... Eurorack. Eurorack changed everything. Yeah, yeah it really it, did. Yeah. And that's the format that your modules. And that's yeah, the t the tip top modules that we're we're doing with with tip top the TG modules they're in Eurorack format. Mm. So unless you have that, you can't you know it'd be pointless buying them. But um, they're worth getting if you've got Eurorack. <laughs> <laughs> the salesman here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I use my modular a lot, a hell of a lot. I always have done. Uh, and my new album that's out in March on mute, um, <laughs> I used... Nice. It's, it's like... Yeah. We told him to say that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of modular on that, a lot of hardware. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm still... But I'm, I have this weird thing with modular because uh, I've mentioned it to you before. I, I get a bit overwhelmed by all the, the modules. I know, yeah, it's... It's yeah. just... If, if you've got a big system... I mean, I've, I've always had a, quite a big system... Mm. But the one I've got now, physically, it's not as big as the one I had before, the one I sold. But it's actually got ten times more modules in it. Because they're smaller. Because yeah. they're smaller, yeah, and you can get more in. And you think, oh, there's a new one, I'll have to get that. That looks good. Then you get it. You try it for a couple of weeks and you think, mm, OK, I've been there, done that. <laughs> Sell that, get another one. And there's always a hole in your module, <laughs> in your module rack to fill. Uh, I'm sure you've been there. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's um it really is addictive, and you really, you know, it's, you stop, you know, there's a, there's a T-shirt I saw, I said, I bought a Euro rack and stopped making music, you know, because <laughs> you just, all you do is play with the modules, you, you know. You do, yeah. But I, like, but I like the scene around, around like modules. You know, I mean, I remember, I go to, I first started going to Schneider's Bureau, which is the kind of famous... In Berlin. In Berlin, modular shop in Berlin, which is just run by enthusiasts. It's fantastic, yeah. And it really reminded me of the early days 
of independent labels. Yeah. And, and actually, the shop really reminded me of the original Rough Trade shop. It is, yeah. Because it, it was like run by people who weren't selling you anything. They yeah. were just enthusiasts. And they were like the musicians who bought them and, and they're the manufacturers. And they swap ideas with each other. And yeah, exactly. It was really f open yeah. and still is. And, and the manufacturers used to come in as well. Yeah. And, and yeah. Andrea Schneider, who runs it, is a bit real character. Mm. He was pulling his, tearing his hair out, just like, you know, Jeff and Richard, because all these little manufacturers, usually just one person manufacturer, were always late delivering stuff, just like we were late delivering our records, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very actually, similar scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah, really similar. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. yeah, I love all that. Yeah. There's a lot of com camaraderie. Um, yeah. And people are quite willing to help other people if they've got problems or they're stuck mm. on this or that or they don't know how to do something. Um, there's a lot of information sharing yeah, going on. Not, it's, it's, yeah, it's not really, it's not, there's no kind of... It was, that was the same in the early in days of independent labour. It was, yeah. People everybody was very other. open and, you know, because everybody was, like, yeah. starting from... You know, from scratch, nobody yeah. knew what they were doing. Yeah. Well, and they were all, it was the excitement of something new. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you just worked together, you know. I think I, li I like about Eurek is that you don't, it's not, an, it can be a very expensive hobby. It can be really expensive. But to get into it, you don't have to spend a lot of money. No. You can just buy a, a little case, a little rack, and buy a couple of modules. And you can be making <laughs> I'm, I'm sounds straight away. I'm because when I say, what do you want for Christmas? <laughs> He says, I want one of these, and it's the most expensive thing I've ever bought anybody. <laughs> that sequencer. The sequencer, Ellen. Yeah. 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 But that's what you did in your new album with, isn't it? Yeah, so it, it was is, money yeah. well spent. It was, yeah. But yeah, you don't give me the small ones that don't cost a lot. <laughs> Get the big What price. else was in your, in your rack today? Or what, you, know, you had four TG... I had, um, I had two TG1 prototypes, and I had yeah. three one um, modules... Mm. And, basically the same, but they, they have a different livery. And I had the firmware from the TG modules on the older modules. So basically I had five TG1 modules, and each one was set slightly differently, different random settings and things. Um, and they were being driven by a little, really small four-track sequencer that I could change in real time, so I could trigger the modules from okay. the sequencer. And uh, the modules were going through some echo and reverb units. Yeah. Uh, and that was it for those. And then underneath that, I had a small Roland synth that was doing the sort of bubbly bass underneath. And pretty much 90% of what you could hear was the TG modules, uh, the sounds on those. Uh, and it's just all in a little suitcase that I built. Um, it's it's weird, because when you awful. think about where those sounds came from at the beginning, you remember those... We used to take all that gear, the, the speakers were like wardrobes, weren't they? Yeah. And and then you get it down to these tiny little suitcases. <laughs> and the card, the memory cards that come with these modules are so small. They're like this big. You could <laughs> easily like lose them. Yeah, they're like a yeah. fingernail. Micro SD cards. Yeah, micro yeah, SD yeah. cards. And they have they're, they're, they've done them beautifully. They're black and they have a little TG flash and it says TG one and TG two on the cards. And they're a work of art. And the, the new panels they've done have TG flash and they're in black, whereas the ones that they do at the moment are white. So that people will know if they've got. TG1 module. It's uh, it's really good. Buy them. When's it being released? Do you know? Do you know when it's being released? <laughs> I don't know when it's being released, and I don't know the price. The current module, the one, mm -hmm. is 150 quid. Yeah. And this is going to be a little bit more. The TG1 will be a little bit more because it's got two cards with it, mm. and uh, it's it's a limited edition. But we're, we're trying to keep the price, you know, reasonably. We don't want it to no, like a premium. Uh, but it should. It was meant to be out in November, but maybe it might be December now. You yeah. know how these things work. Yeah. Has it got CV 
control. Yeah, it's got it's got a, a volume knob. So I was mixing with my modules mm. just from the modules. I didn't use a mixer because each module has its own volume control. Okay. So if you just feed those into like a passive mixer, you can use the modules as the mixer if you've got like a whole bunch of them. And then there's um, a selector for selecting the sounds. It clicks, it goes round and round, and you, you just keep going round because there's 128 samples. Mm. You just keep rotating it until you find a sound you like. But you can control that with a CV okay. signal, and you can you trigger it from either a keyboard or a sequencer. It's got trigger input. Yeah. Uh, and it has um, an LED. It has this button that lights up that changes colour. And you, <laughs> by using combinations of the button and the knobs, you can you can set the module into different states. Okay. So you can switch the random feature on and off and do stuff like that. Have it looping. I had one of the samples. Um, sample players was just looping constantly okay. and you just change the sound and it, the next one just loops. And one of the random features we have on the new module is that you can set the loop point to be random so every time it triggers, it triggers from a different loop oh. point. Oh, so if you've got like a, a vocal sample, it will just keep chopping it up and playing it in different mm. places. And you can use your own cards if you've got your own micro SD cards with your own sounds, you can put those in it as well. It doesn't have to be the TG okay. sounds. So I mean, with I mean, you—that's a pretty small case you had there. It is, pretty small yeah. case compared to the equipment you used to carry around, as you said. And uh, yeah, it's obviously because it's because of the volume controls. You can really just have those, can't you? And do a, you a whole can, live yeah. set with just with just with, those with and just maybe those. sequencer. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I think Tip Top sell them. In, you can either buy them individually or in, in boxes of four. Well. So people buy, you know. Yeah. So you can make up a little rhythm kit. You can put your own cards in mm. and just trigger them from. A sequencer or something. So are we redundant now then? No. <laughs> no. TG in a box. Yeah, imagine if TG had had those. God, the noise we could have made. We'd have all had them, wouldn't we? Yeah, we would have done, yeah. <laughs> but you, you're doing a gristalizer. Yeah, yeah. I, I should mention that, sorry. Yeah. Finn, who's here, is doing the gristalizer with us. Yeah. Um, we, um, we're doing a range of gristalizer modules for the Eurorack format again. Um, there's a there's a, a complete module that has the, like basically the original gristalizer um, and we're also doing individual modules so there's a, a vca a vcf an oscillator uh, and there's a preamp as well um, and you can feed guitar through these or synths anything and uh, they're really good for mangling sound um, i can't wait to try these tg1s with the gristalizer because that's going to be Absolutely mind-blowing. You could make a whole system just with the Gristalizer yeah. and the TG1s. But the Gristalizer is it's going to be available very soon, within a matter of weeks. We've been working on that for two, two years now. Uh, that's been a lot of development. Uh, Roy Gwynn, the original designer of the original Gristalizer, has been working with uh, Finley Shakespeare and myself on developing this. And uh, they're ready to go to market now, and they sound really good. Um, if you go online and just search for Gristalizer, you'll find find them online. There are videos as well of us using them. And we're using we're use, using them at the beginning, right? At the very beginning of TG. Or uh, yeah, uh, the original Gristalizer. For people that don't know, it was a small um, box of effects that was uh, Roy Gwynn published in Practical Electronics in '77, and I built it and put it in a different box. I built it from his design, put it in a different box, and called it a Gristalizer. It was called something else. Uh, when he designed it. And then I made one for each of us, for, for mm. Cozy to put her guitar through, 
for Jen to put his voice through, for Sleazy to put his tape through, and then I had one for my synths. And uh, people heard this, and it became the sound of TG, that mm. sort of chugging sort of sound, overdriven sound. And then I made them for friends. Mm. Uh, in fact, Cozy, you still had yours up until yeah. five years ago, didn't you? Yeah, plugged it in, it went... <laughs> <laughs> and it died in oh, the studio, didn't yeah. it? It's really sad. But yeah, there's only we've only got the one. Yeah, of the original. Yeah, yours has oh, gone okay. missing, hasn't it? Yeah. So our, our manager a few years ago, Paul Smith, mm. he suggested that maybe we um, work on it again and yeah. re release a new version. So he put me in touch with uh, Finn and Roy, and uh, for the last two years we've been working on this. Mm. And now it's ready to go. You built one for Robert Rental as well, because Robert Rental had we one. Played, yeah, yeah, when we played live, and uh, yeah. he had it, and he had his Wasp synth going through it. That's right, and he had a bigger one as well. That I think yeah. either he built or someone built for him. He had like a bigger version as well, because the, the circuit was like it was in public domain, so anyone yeah. could build it. Hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, he, I built him one. Yeah, yeah. great sound. Yeah, yeah, it is really good. Can't wait to. Play with that. Yeah, yeah. It comes out. Definitely. Yeah. More modules. More modules. More modules. Yeah, exactly. More modules. Yeah. So should we do the Q&A? Yeah, that was, uh, <clears throat> that was very nerdy, right? Yeah. <laughs> sorry. It, uh, sorry if it was too nerdy for yeah. some people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, has anybody got any uh, questions? We'll take two or three questions. Anyone? Just very quickly, um, second Daniel report. When I was very young, I had to... Uh, much younger than I am now, I had it in a, a celluloid edition, and it had, yeah. not slug bait, but TF Ghouls on it. So I always remember that you had the backwards song. But at some point it was said that that was a pirated version, that it wasn't legitimate. Was that true? That's true. Yeah. It was a bootleg. <laughs> but that's a celluloid records in, in France, yeah? Yeah, yeah? yeah. I think I've still got letters to and fro, arguing with them about it in my yeah. archive somewhere. But yeah, um, yeah, that wasn't an official release. Oh really? That's naughty. Well, yeah. What was the official one? Was the fetish one after the industrial one, wasn't it? Yeah. And then um, the mute one after that. Fetish Records yeah. launched on. Well, we gave them the album so that they could start their record label, basically. Oh. But we didn't give it to Celluloid. Did but we didn't give it to Celluloid. No, yeah. no. There's big arguments and. Mm. Yeah. As usual. As you, yeah, there always is. Yeah. But yeah. Early days of uh, Robert Rental and the normal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a quick question, really. I mean, when you started, I mean, through this time period, as your uh, perception of music and, and uh, what music has changed or developed through those years, and if so, how so? It's deep. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we analyse it to that extent. Um, we just sort of like go from what interests us on one point to another. We're not into kind of re sort of repeating what we do. Having said that, now he's done all these TG samples, but uh, <laughs> that's something else. We're hoping people will, well, I would be hoping people get them, use them, and then take it a different way, a different direction, and um, make it their own in a, in a way. Which is, I think is what we've always done, isn't it? Mm. We've, we've moved from like TG and when, when we started with Chris and Cozy and um, Creative Technology Institute, we did sort of ambient albums and 
more rhythmic stuff and with vocals and things. But we just go from one thing to another. And like when we did Cartitutti Void, it was a completely different thing again, uh, which was great. I think you can overthink these things sometimes, and sometimes you just got to surrender to the music, you know. Yeah, I think it's the sounds inspire us more than sort of sitting there and thinking, what can we do that's something new or, you know. It's just working with sound and getting excited about it. One at the back. Hello. Hello. Does it surprise you that Bobby Grizzle is still so revered all these years later? Constantly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> 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 those questions <laughs> <laughs> oh you put us on the spot now um, I, I like I mean, a lot of our friends as you can imagine make music and I like a lot of music that our friends make but I don't want to it's like having a kids and one's a favourite kid you don't want to yeah, say which no, one you know uh, um, I'd rather not say really <laughs> I think I, for me if I, if I hear anything I, I tend to like things that I can't tell how it's done so I can suspend that that part of me that I would analyse it and that's the kind of music I like listening to or, or even sort of pop music that I could never do I mean a really fantastic pop song is a, a, it's, a, it's a skill and a really crafted, I love that so I can appreciate that because I can't do it <laughs> and, and other people that do things that I like I said that I can't figure out how they've done it or I don't know where the sound sources have come from then I can get into it in its own right and I think that's more interesting for me I, I do like seeing bands live especially experimental bands yeah. Um, yeah, that, you have to have been there moment when you get something that really works in that live moment, uh, I really enjoy that. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't get that at all. <laughs> he plays that when I'm out. <laughs> Guilty secret. <laughs> Anyone else? Don't be shy. What do you play when Chris is out of the house? Oh Leonard Cohen probably yeah because <laughs> yeah, he hates it or Nico <laughs> or sometimes I have Blondie on really loud oh, I don't mind Blondie you don't mind Blondie yeah. but yeah <laughs> that, that's the kind of pop song that I love yeah. but um, no things like that really yeah. or if I'm out in the car on my own and I have the radio on I play that really you're coming down the village yeah but it's a bit <laughs> it's a bit dangerous <laughs> really <laughs> oh uh, Dancing Queen by ABBA. Oh, don't. Yeah. You see, how that, that's all sentimental stuff, that ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> it is, because he was so into ABBA, and when I used to be out stripping, and they, like, they used to be playing it all the time in the pubs, I'd get quite sentimental, because I'd just be thinking about Chris. You know? <laughs> and, oh. and, I do, and, I, and you bought me Dancing Queen, didn't you, I to do. dance to oh. when he wasn't there. So I'd be stripping or whatever topless dancing to Dancing Queen. Actually, Sleazy gave me that, and then I gave it to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Has he got a signed copy? Yeah. Oh, I want signed. You didn't give that to me. Oh, maybe that's not okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's the one in the archive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my one's got my rubber stamp scarlet on it. Yeah. yeah. So that no one nicked it in the pub so I could take it home around with me. Anybody else? Sorry, I was just wondering uh, if, what is a good way quickly to make a guitar sound really, really horrible? <laughs> Put it through a crystallizer. Yeah. yeah. Not think of it as a guitar. And then just use it as just something that makes sound. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I love my guitar more now than I ever have mm. done. You play it more now than yeah. you ever have Yeah, I, I don't know why, but I've just fallen in love with it completely. I think because I've got different effects units, really. The software and stuff that I use, I can mm. really get something different out of it. Guitar rig is quite good for mm. mangling guitars. Yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah. It's, that's software, it's not hardware, but... It, uh, but that's what I use when I play live. What do you, or hardware, you use your boss pedals, don't you? Yeah. 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 I um guitar rig is the sort of foundation and then murder it on top, basically. <laughs> but it's, it's just a thing, I don't know. I, I just respond to whatever the sound's going on and it's usually different when we're sort of running through things in the studio just to figure out rhythms or wherever we want to take things and then we go in a live situation and um, the PA gives it a whole other level and so basically what I figured out I'm going to do or might do just forget it because <laughs> it sounds so different in a live situation it's really hard to see you all anybody else? yeah cassette uh, no, I, I have a cassette machine, but I don't really use it anymore. Um, we just record straight into a computer. Uh, sometimes record into, I've got a small Tascam handheld uh, machine that I have hooked up to my modular system that just records, on, uh, records onto memory cards. Uh, I sometimes record via that if I need to get something quickly on the fly. But usually, I, I mean, I personally, I just record into uh, a computer. Just raw. And then just just to capture what what we want. How about you, Dan? Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't. Well, I don't have a little portable. I, no. I just I just record into Ableton. Not cassette. Not cassette. <laughs> no. Not cassette. No. Not, definitely not cassette. Yeah. Though cassettes have a that special quality. They do. I, I quite like. You can't this. replace really. Yeah, that's, that's true. Especially you overdrive them a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I like the sound of cassette. Mm. Yeah. More than vinyl. I do. I'm, I'm not a fan of vinyl, funnily enough, because it scratches too easily. I'm, I get really nervous around vinyl when I'm putting it on the record deck. Um, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for coming along. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.
Rough Trade Radio.